Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Redoctopocephala Podcast. That's the only show, for those of you taking notes, that celebrates all the things that made growing up awesome. We are part, as always, of the Dorkening Network and the Inebriard Podcast Network. Both of those, two networks for the price of one. Two for the price of one. It's true. And as always, we are brought to you tonight by Deadly Grounds Coffee, which is just, it's just a damn good cup of coffee. I could die for it. Yeah, I mean, you can die for it. You can live for it. You can wake up in the morning and just drink it. Either the best way, part of waking up. Yeah, it, it's it's the death in your it's the death puns, the horror puns in your cup, <laughs> is really what I like about it. Um, but anyway, I am your host. My name is Parasite Steve, aka Steve and Samson, aka Steve of Destruction. Though nobody calls me that. And with me, as usual, is my buddy, my Broski. 8-Bit Alchemy. How's it going, 8-Bit? Oh, pretty good there, broski. I am doing well. I'm excited for, for tonight's episode. Me too, man. We, we, got a, we got a show for you guys. I hope you guys are, uh, are ready for uh, maybe one for the books. This may be, this may be a, this kind of a big deal. I'm pretty excited. Oh, I see, I see the pun that you did there. Oh, it's well, you know, it happens here. So, uh, lock, so tonight is an episode of The Brig and uh, Locked in The Brig. Tonight we have an absolute hell of a guest, which is actually another pun, but you'll get we'll get to that. <laughs> he was he was prolific in every possible sense of the word. For those who might not know, Stephen Van Patten, and I'm not making that name up. I know it's it's like almost my name, but but let I just contain yourself. He's an actual man. He an but he clearly man. clearly borrowed it. Actual from man. Me. Uh, I mean, Stephen Stephen Van Patten or <laughs> or SVP if you're nasty is the award-winning Brooklyn-based author of an absolute ton of horror books, such as the Brookwater's Curse series, the Killer Genius series, both of which have three volumes each and a fourth on the way. He's the co-author of Hell at the Way Station, which took home two African-American literary awards in 2019 for best short stories and, and uh, short, short stories slash anthologies and also best science fiction, as well as its brand-new 2021 sequel hell at brooklyn t which i definitely want to chat about later tonight because it's like i'm i think this book is pretty cool oh hell yeah yeah we've 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 read a little bit but uh very exciting he's also the grand pooba of the successful publishing house laughing black vampire productions the co-host of the fantastic beef wine and shenanigans podcast and he happens to be an occasional actor as well. Like once in a while, a blue moon comes around. His, uh, once again, his name is Stephen Van Patten. Dude, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. Wow, that was like that was like the greatest intro ever. Uh, the greatest <laughs> intro ever. Ever. From, so make, from I have to make sure mom hears that. Jeez. Yeah, you put that one on the fridge. Oh, I'm I had to write saying. it down. I had to write it down. Well, okay. you know... The, the thing is that you just do a shitload of stuff, man. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. Well, you know what? I make good use of the time, and I probably don't sleep a lot. So, that's, <laughs> not a lot um, of deadly or a lot of deadly grounds coffee for you. Yeah. You know what? I I actually am very intrigued by this deadly grounds coffee thing. You will. I, you definitely have seduced me with your ways, gentlemen. I'm, yes. I'm definitely Ooh, going to be picking like some of that up. It is a good very cup soon. of Joe. Very, it very is. good. We like when it gets a little, a little sexy, a little, a little saucy, a little uh, deadly when, when coffee is involved. <laughs> yeah, especially yes. the coffee we're hawking. 
That's yes. If I can recommend, if you're a fan of uh, chocolate raspberry as a flavor profile, you might want to check out the Witch's Brew. It's amazing. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Good that thing. sounds great. Yes. It is, it is really I'm good. into it. I'm definitely going to pick it up. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. They, they actually they're a local company. They uh, they uh, do a lot of the same horror cons that um, that that we do and our network. Uh, I do a lot of horror cons, but uh, our network uh, just just geeky cons, just comic stuff and yeah, any yeah. sort of a you know video game stuff, just anything at all, just pop culture cons like you know the Dorkening is mm-hmm. kind of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know it's it's really cool. I was familiar with the coffee uh, prior, and then they came on as a sponsor and we joined the network. It was it was actually kind of kismet it was really really cool because one of my favorite things is you go when you see these guys at a con they always have free samples mm-hmm. like they're not even selling like cups you know you can you buy just, you just grab a handful of grounds yeah. and you just shove yeah, it you in can your mouth. grab it yeah grab the beans <laughs> put them in your pocket and then you're like man that was a bad bad impression of what i'm about to buy here maybe i should <laughs> should make a cup of coffee out of this grab instead some of eating coffee it. beans and put them in your pocket save, save it, it for a tired day. day see yeah and we told you there's yeah. gonna be singing, there's uh, singing. Uh, i i so there is there is and there's even a cat chiming in <laughs> and you go yes, cat. I, I, I may have to kick her the hell out of the room actually stop <laughs> stop um, Okay. We hear you. Internet you are just, seen, Cat. You know, uh, internet. Uh, if if not, if I've learned nothing about the internet, I've learned that it loves a couple of things uh, other than porn. It loves cats. Yes. Who's your cat? Yes. So much. All right. Introduce us to your cat. <laughs> uh, this is Lola. Lola is actually going to go behind the door for a little while. Oh. Here we go, Lola. Uh, talk to you in, the, in an hour. Okay. Great. All right. And uh, you all right, Fifi. Your... Now fly. So fly so, dice. <laughs> So you're in the brig and you just locked Lola into a a, a brig. The sub brig. The sub brig. It's like a a tesseract brig. The auxiliary brig. Nice. Yes. Pretty cool. I don't know how you did that. Also, it's almost Layla, which almost made me break out into song again. But you you dodged that bullet by one letter. It's very close. Very close. Lordy. All right. No, I would have had to do the guitar parts. It would have been awkward. Uh, It would have been terrible. Terrible. So, um, ah, fuck it. Lola. You're stuck in a little brig, Lola. Yeah, yeah. We're done. We're done. So All right, let's stop dude. wasting this man's time. Uh, let's I know. Get, I know. Let's no, get into this shit. I, I, I'm confident he's having a good time. Um, tell us about Laughing Black Vampire Productions, man. This is your baby. And this is productions, not publishing. Right. Well, because I have a, a rather extensive background in television, I've been a TV show stage manager for uh well over 20 years um very cool yeah uh and because of that it kind of made sense to leave the door open for uh video and and everything else down the line i mean but i am primarily as far as that's concerned i am a publishing house Mm -hmm. um and of course it started off with my stuff after uh some bad publishing deals and i had to kind of wrestle the rights to my things back um you know so Basically, the, the lesson was, you know, if, you know, you're being promised the moon and the stars and you end up with the dick and the shaft, then basically, uh, yeah, you have to kind of take care of your own babies. And that's kind of what happened with my vampire series. Um, and then um, a similar but not quite as atrocious situation went on with my serial killer stuff. And so then I just took over my own stuff. And, um, and then that, that, that was kind of it. Doing it myself. 
it, basically that, that that was about the size of it. And since then, um, I've also done the collaborations that you mentioned with uh, Mark Abbott, uh, with um, uh, Hell at the Way Station, and um, then bringing in Kirk Johnson. Uh, so the three of us collaborated on uh, Hell at Brooklyn T. And of course, as you mentioned, we are the we make up the hosting portion of Beef Wine and Shenanigans, uh, which is a podcast. It's so the funny thing about the podcast is it actually started off as three bitter middle aged black dudes talking about nerd stuff, but you know through a specific kind of lens. And then Trump got elected, and then we and it it kind of turned into. Uh, like we still, we still address, you know, the superhero movies and Jason and Michael and Freddie and, you know, and Dracula and all the other stuff. But then every once in a while we would slip into real life and we would address real life. And, you know, and lately what we've been doing, uh, after we're done, you know, uh, you know, just basically throwing praise all over, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, or uh, you know Loki, Loki. Uh, which is more the current thing right now. Yeah. Uh, nice. Once once we're once we're done with all that, then we'll do something like uh, speaking singing because uh, I actually introduced this bit uh, with singing because uh, it's horrible people we need to talk about now that Trump is gone. <laughs> <laughs> And then who fills know, so the void, right? So, so that that's videos. right, so exactly. Bad. So <clears throat> I do that, and then every once in a while, so we've done this bit twice. Gotcha. It's name that racist, <laughs> and name that the way name that racist. Yeah, that's it exactly. And and <laughs> and I actually have one of those little uh, like those uh, Gene Rayburn style stick microphones now. Yeah. And uh, what I do is uh, I ask. Well, I give a fun fact basically uh not so fun fact uh you know something to the effect of yeah you know she was in charge of propaganda um you know during world war ii and it's like you know lenny reifenstahl or you know it's like they're not all that hard you know that was just the one that was just the the, the question that kind of came to mind at the moment but um yes both of, of us were- knew that answer instantly both yes, I can speak I'm sure about- you did oh yes um, yes <laughs> i'm sure you did we're very smart people Yes, you are. Um, I am so smart. S M R T. Yes, there. <laughs> See, we we tend to uh, to stick with a shenanigans, uh, you know. Well, but see, that's... I I heard beef wine and shenanigans. I'm like, oh, food review and some goofs, but but it's a different kind of beef. <laughs> well, they got real. They got real after a point, <laughs> right? Well, it's like you know, the funny thing is, the name actually came from the fact that when we started this almost five years ago, um, it was at my apartment. I cooked a beef stew. <laughs> you they whined brought, about something. They bought no, no. They brought red wine, <laughs> uh-huh. and then the shenanigans have. just kind of happened. So it was like, well, what are we going to name the podcast? It's like, and I don't know. What podcast was born? Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Like, That's kind of like the old uh, NFL films. His name was Earl Christian Campbell. Yeah, um, maybe well, in like, a couple of years they'll 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 do some sort of documentary on us like that. I don't know. I, I love it when there's like you know a band that has the, the stupidest, most incomprehensible name. You know, there's a great story behind it. Yes, right. You know, like you know, unless you're unless you're Nickelback and that that which was actually 
and I'm not trying to be cool to rag on Nickelback. The, the story behind their name is also lame. The, the guys, I guess like one of the guys in the band was like, there was, there's one time where he, he literally just had, had a purchase. And I, apparently the cashier said, do you, do you want your Nickelback? And he took it. And Wait, it was are like, you serious? That's what I read. Yeah. You I know. never knew that. Well, I was never big on Nickelback, but, um, and if wow. you were, you, you would so admit it now. You, you're right. not, you can't, you can't. Eventually, well, it's going to get to that point where it's going to be cool to be a non-hater. You can't be a fan. You have to be a non-hater. I, I was going to say, yes. like, I've never been a fan, but, like, they've always had, like, a couple songs that I'm like, these are good. These are fine songs. Like, like I, I didn't realize that so many people hated them until I realized so many people hated them. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't. I didn't realize it's, this is a like, thing we were It's kind of like right now after the, the sequel trilogy, it's somehow cool to pretend that the prequels didn't completely suck. Like it's mm. right, like they were they were faultless in some it's, kind they're of like, crazy oh, well, bizarre the prequels world. Are actually pretty good, you guys. Um, the prequels are actually. I'm like, oh my, oh my, oh my god. Oh my Young god. Anakin's performance is poignant. <laughs> Beware my power, <laughs> which is not. <laughs> not it's like, good. how do you, dude? How do you, how do you talk off key? How does that work? I don't. He, he, he's that good of an actor, I don't, I don't Steve. Know. He's just that so. damn good. Because does Hayden Christensen talk off key? No. Anakin Skywalker, right before he went full Burning Man, uh, he talks off key. So that was a that was a choice. That was a stylistic decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway, this is anyway. We, this is also we got we, derailed. We get completely like miles off track, and that's just you know Miles O'Keefe. Miles O'Keefe way out there. Yes, yes. Oh, um, Miles O'Keefe. Gee. Uh, yeah, well, we talk about abs sometimes as well and uh, really uh, uncomfortable bulging pecs. Uh, not that often, but it happens. It happened just now for the first time, so it happens. I was going to say, I think this nice. is the first time. I think so. So so you've been doing... Okay, so the podcast is five years. Uh, Laughing Black Vampire Productions, when did that come about? Because you've, um, you've been publishing, I think, let's see if I get this right, since around 2014? Uh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I, I, I did research. Look I did you. research for you. Good so. job. Look at that. Yeah, that, I know. That is I'm impressed good. too. <clears throat> I know. So yes, Black, um, Black Vampire happened as a result of being treated badly. Your your babies are in the hands of other people who are, who are hitting them and, and not giving them fruit cup when they should be. That's and, it, basically. Yeah. Right. And, and yeah. honestly, like to get serious for a second, like, you know, you know, as a as an author myself, I didn't go through that journey, but I know a lot of people, a lot of people who did. Mm-hmm. This is a very common thing where, uh, you know, 10 years ago, it wasn't super common. It wasn't as easy. It wasn't as acceptable uh, to publish your own stuff. It, you know, it, it was like a fly by night thing or whatever. It didn't feel like a legitimate, you know, avenue to publish your, your legitimate piece of literature or whatever. Right. Or, or trash, you know, fun trash. That Either way, you know, or porn, you know, either way. Uh, but yeah, I mean, now it's, it's just completely different. And there are so many people, uh, that I've met that, that did go that same way. So you started laughing black vampire. So tell, tell us about the name. Why laughing black vampire? Now I know your, so your, your first series was, um, the Brookwater's curse series, which is yes, which is a vampire series. Um, and I always, uh, so funny thing, I, I guess because I, I wear a lot of black clothing and because I am, uh, black myself uh i think 
my friends and everybody else that, you know and, and then you go ahead and put out a vampire series like all, all like the jokes just write themselves as far as you know all your drinking buddies go and everything like that um but the thing is i mean to be completely honest it, it's like i am also known for my sense of humor in 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 a, in a sort of a certain context so it kind of made sense to name the company uh in a way that incorporates you know, three different sides of me. It's like the sense of humor, uh, my sense of community, and, you know, my love of horror. So nice. that, that's basically uh, the, the three things. It's a, yeah, the, the unholy the trinity, the, the perfect kind of un union of, of everything that is exactly. you. Exactly. The troika? Yes. <laughs> what, I, I don't know. Yes, yeah. you may definitely bring Zabruskis. <laughs> Zabruskis. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, over Frankenstein, yeah, yeah, little uh, little mystery man there. So so Stephen, <clears throat> Steve, I'll, I will refer to you as Stephen because that'll make this SVP? less confusing or SVP. <clears throat> okay, so SVP. I want to mention uh, I got to read your short story in Slay, um, which is an awesome short story compilation book anthology of yeah. um, you know all like kind of black vampire stories and just uh, you know uh, actually you both are featured in this right book, this is this is, is I, I think how we uh connected first i believe was was around that is there. correct yes yeah. I, I, I remember i was like steve van sampson like what <laughs> so i mean i was as caught off guard as you were i think uh, right. it's, it's it's just extra funny because we both have books about black vampires that's, that's, <laughs> yes. right um so yeah i mean so that was like a super you know cool connection for you guys uh to make first meeting each other and uh yeah your story the retiree uh very very you know unique and and cool and i i kind of just i like the vibe that you have where it it the story kind of seems like it's just a, a kind of commonplace event and then <clears> it becomes supernatural um you know not not to spoil anything that happens in it but really a big fan of that and uh yeah yeah I, love love that story love that story, that story. Thank Absolutely awesome. yeah and and highly recommend people pick up that collection uh, that is slay um slay tales of the vampire noir is the tales of the vampire noir yep there you go uh and i uh, i you know i got a little preview courtesy of uh steve van sampson courtesy of you steven van Patten, of your uh, of your jim crow 2028 um now i know this hasn't this isn't out yet so i don't know how how much you really oh, actually, want to it talk is. about oh it is is it out? Yeah, okay out. oh fantastic <clears throat> it's it's part of hell at brooklyn tea Okay. Oh, great, great, great. I, I was, I was for some reason under the impression that this was, uh, this was, you know, hot off the the editor's block here. Um, so I, I, I loved this story. I, I will be honest with you. I devoured it on my break at work. I was just like, I want to read this. Steve sent it over to me, um, and I think that it was such a powerful story that was not shy about leaning into like this near future, you know. Uh, adjacent reality yeah. like you mm -hmm. know essentially where you know where we are slash where we could have gone had the election gone differently yes. um but also with some future tech there um <clears throat> painted a very very you know strong picture of of kind of the situation and and was just just basically saying it was fantastic uh i i really liked uh, what you, you what you wrote there um, and then I, I just kind of wanted to, you know, bring up these two these two collections, Hell at the Waystation and Hell at Brooklyn T, which is uh, where Jim Crow 2028 is, and just you know how that kind of project got started, and and you know how the first one came about, Hell at Waystation. So, <clears throat> um, 
so basically what happened is uh so I joined the Horror Writers Association, well, the New York chapter of the Horror Writers Association around mm -hmm. 2013. Nice. Um, and I show up at this meeting, and there's only one other African-American gentleman there. That just happened to be Mark Abbott. And so we did, you know, the, the, the sort of like, you know, you see the, the other black dude at work. Like, oh, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> you know, you do that. <laughs> and then, <clears throat> you know, then we didn't come to find out we actually didn't live far from each other. So leaving the meeting and getting to know everybody else. And of course, that was actually fantastic and great. And shout out to Jim Chambers and April Gray and everybody else over there. But <clears throat> Mark and I are on the way home. And then from there, uh, we get to talking and then we kind of become buddies. And then the Hall Writers Association starts putting on events. And we're all kind of like uh, reading short stories at different bars and things like that. And then I threw in the actual uh, bit where I actually DJ the events. Oh, so nice. I do oh, a little, cool. you know, I mean, I'm not exactly Funkmaster Flex or anything like that, but I can, <laughs> I can hold my own, uh, you know, especially if it's just like, you know, a room of older people who don't even know what I'm playing half the time. So it's like, I, I, I get to... I it's get an to easy W. You're like, sweet. No one actually exactly. minds if, I, exactly. if I'm good or bad. <laughs> oh, but oh, and, and completely unrelated side note, I, this one, when Lovecraft Bar was still open, at one point, I played um, what was it? Elvis, Elvis Crispa's uh, Suave Mente, if you're at all familiar with Latin music. And the I bus boys it. lost their minds. They were like, <laughs> Mi gente! I was like, yes! So, that was good. So they Mark were, they were I, big fans. <clears throat> yes. So Mark and I, you know, we started, you know, doing this thing where it's like, you know, we, we were a part of uh hwa's like kind of like reading circle you know it was like you know well, coming up next we do you know this person that person and on and on and, oh, and the other part about me djing would be that i would play old school horror movie themes as each reader came up nice because normally oh, when so, you go to like so cool. these reader events you know it's just like all right ladies and gentlemen welcome to the event and first up we're going to bring uh we're going to bring timothy up and he's going to read this story to you so he's going to read uh laughs. you know gore shriek entrails of the you know whatever and it's like of the spotted uh, mind of the spotted mind right? right that was kind of where i was going. and you're like no no you, come on you got you got to really like amp it up here like exactly just be this like nice soft-spoken polite intro like <clears throat> let's let's do this that's let's, right let's, yeah so right. basically right so basically what would happen is you know uh the person would get introed and as they're walking up out of the crowd you know i play like you know the theme from penny dreadful or, you yeah. know, the, the, the Shining, or, you know, mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, very cool. You play them on and off. Now, when it's time, my turn to read, it's a little awkward because, of course, nobody else can operate the equipment, but all right, fine. <laughs> I get no intro music? Oh, come yeah. on. You got to play <laughs> well, something no, on your phone I, well, anyway. Just cue well, up the, the last, Halloween. The, the last time we did it, I actually hit the theme from Godzilla and it just turned it off real quick and ran up on stage. <laughs> oh, man, but that's rad. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, I didn't know any other way to handle it. Anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark and I have been doing this for a while and, you know, the guidance from the Horror Writers Association had always been, you know, it's great that you guys are like, you know, self-publishing novels and doing this and doing that, but you should really try to get into the short story game and get yourself into people's different anthologies and this and that and on and on and on. And so we were doing that, but, you know, it's like the short story game when, when you're fresh, brand new uh you know and you, nobody knows who the hell you are and all that other stuff it, it's it's not that e not, not that easy of a nut to crack right so one night 
while we were in a bar that no longer exists, unfortunately, the Way Station, which was, you know, over here in Brooklyn on Washington Avenue. Oh, very cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it had a, you know, um, the whole steampunk vibe and whatever. It was a very cool place. <clears throat> and so, and it would kind of become Mark's, like, hangout. So we were there. He was drunk. And he somehow talked me into putting together, you know, just taking stories that, you know, had been rejected, weren't re necessarily rejected, because that was the other thing. A lot of time, by the time we actually put out Hell at the Way Station, some of the stories that we wrote had already been picked up at other places. But we were like, well, you know, <clears throat> it, it wasn't anthologies that paid us. So we mm -hmm. just kind of was like, eh, put it out anyway. Yeah, so, right, know. right. So... Um, so we put together uh, Hell at the Way Station, and basically the style of Hell at the Way Station and the style of Brooklyn Tea, uh, in the end, uh, it's there's an over arc story that actually involves these sort of like juiced up versions of each of us. Yeah, because um, you're on the covers. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and and it's funny because of course we all took different parts. You know, we, we have our short stories that are you know kind of like the breaks you know, from the main story. And then there's the main story. So that that involved, at least for Hell, uh, the way station, involved the bartender trying to feed us to Baphomet. Which is always a bad time. <laughs> Which is, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, like usually, <clears throat> want usually that a bad time. Yes. So, <laughs> so, um, and it was funny because at the end of Hell at the way station, like Mark was actually more in charge of that part while I was doing the beginning and the middle and writing my stories for hell at the way station and other things <clears throat> and then i read what he wrote uh for um the end of uh hell at the way station and he has me like full-on punching people in the face and doing all this real macho shit and i was just like <laughs> oh shit yo like, i need to go work out because <laughs> you're like shit dude that, be... that ain't me right now yeah re really me. we're getting way off base here i so we can't God. do the photo shoot for the cover next week i, I need some freaking time man. exactly <laughs> right i need to bulk up this is this is going to be called hell at the way off base if we exactly. if, you know we're not careful so um but anyway, so we put it out. Um, <clears throat> it got a pretty good, and it got like a really good response. Um, a lot of people had had questions because uh, the the short stories that are inserted kind of Arabian Nights style. So it's like you know the shenanigans in the bar, and then a short story from Mark, and then a short story from me, then the shenanigans in the mm -hmm. bar, and it, it, it that's kind of how it how it's mm -hmm. structured. Um, and so it that, just that's what it feels like. Read it. That sort of feels like, um, you know, a lot of old horror anthologies, like movies were done that way. You know, any yes. of the old, uh, you know, Amicus movies. I don't know if you're familiar with any of the old, like, yes, you yes. know, 60s, like, you know, Amicus and Hammer would do stuff. And, and there's like the original, uh, like Tales from the, the uh, Dark Side, Tales from the Dark Side and Tales from yes. the Crypt. Like they're all, there's always a, you know, a, a, a way station type thing is the glue that we keep going back to or in mm -hmm. show it's you know little joe hill reading comics uh while his uh, dad tom atkins is being an asshole uh it's like that's that's basically the the glue there we keep coming back to so that's actually yeah real there's yeah. a lot of precedent for that but not a lot of precedent in book form not in not in prose comics right. sure yes absolutely uh so so we did that and 
it was funny cool. because of course then there were all the because there's a there are a couple of my stories that um are let's just say not very christmas friendly um <laughs> well the the one story and you can actually you, <laughs> you can actually watch me read this to a crowd um on youtube it, one of my stories is naughty naughty is um it's basically about an incubus that pretends it's Santa Claus so it can meet women. Gotcha. Um, a la Santa baby, you know, everyone can't get enough of. Yeah, Maybe it's cold outside. Totally yeah, it's, different. It, no, but actually, it's not cold inside, let me tell you. So <laughs> um, so that was, that was considered rather salacious. I had random people emailing me, dude, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. But I mean, you know, in this chosen field, that's what you want. You want right. that. You want that email. You want that phone that call. Buzz, that buzz, that, you know, kind of. Yeah, like yeah, you want the audience to it. assume that you are a terrible person. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. They're like, what the fuck is wrong with this person? Like, oh, my and, and God, is this, is this and, a fantasy? Plus, you person? don't need to go to the gym to fulfill that, you know, image. Yes. Right. Yeah. It, serial killers just look like everyone. So you can look <laughs> you can look like anything on that cover. I mean, you yeah. could look like Miles O'Keefe, but you don't have to. I don't have to. <laughs> so <clears throat> with the success of that, um, we brought in Kurt Johnson for, uh, the he for Hell at Brooklyn T. Now, the thing about Kurt, Kurt's not really a horror dude. He's more of a fantasy sword and sorcery, uh, could probably recite most of Conan uh, type guy you know nice so he actually brought a completely different flavor into in, into the whole mix and it, it's a nice blend so you again it's like you've got the overall story and this and this time the location we picked was um what's now a very popular uh uh tea shop uh that's owned by this wonderful couple who we also put into the story with their permission um, we don't have anything bad happen to them, but, um, we incorporate the place, we incorporate the story and, and it's more, uh, demons trying to mess with us and kind of, a, a well, the ending is, is definitely, um, on some cliffhanger. Oh, is this, is this really how the three of y'all got in this? Like that, that's the reaction we're getting this. Oh, so. You know, when, you know, because it's like you, you do this kind of thing and it's like, all right, so where's the third book? Because y'all, yeah. I know y'all ain't just gonna stop this. You know, right. It's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yeah. you just have to wait a little Man, bit. Like it, it's awesome that it even has an ending. Again, this is an anthology series. This is just short stories, but you've, you've woven them together to create somewhat of a narrative here. And there is an ending that just mm -hmm. in, a, in and of itself is very, very unique and different. Yeah. Uh, and the, the, the cover of this book is very different than, than the cover of Waystation. Waystation yeah. has, has uh, you and uh, Mark, and you guys are just kind of, kind of staring at this hot chick who who happens to be hiding like a a knife behind her back, a la like April Fool's Day cover, kind of a little mm -hmm. bit like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it looks you know very slasher. And then this mm -hmm. is dark fantasy all the way. This is a painterly cover. It shows you guys. I mean, you can't tell it's it's you can't see your faces. But three guys, and you're kind of dressed in uh, pseudo Ren garb. I mean, one guy's carrying a bow and arrow anyway. And then there's this giant well, fucking Satan in the sky, which I can only assume is Baphomet. Uh, no, it's um, actually 
That's Jim uh, Leonard. A lim- oh, that's so. See, I love I love lame names for like incredibly cool things. I love that. See, I was over here thinking it's like Baffa Martin or something. And Leonard. Martin. No. Um, <laughs> that would be funny though. Uh, have Martin ba- Lawrence. Baffa, Baffa Matthew. Playing Baffa Matt. Um. But no, uh, so the, the funny thing about it is, you know, cause since it's us in the story, uh, we incorporate certain things about ourselves. Kirk is actually an archer. He's actually oh, wow. a 50-foot Satan. No, no. No. No, 50-foot <laughs> Satan is a 50-foot Satan. A 50-foot Satan is definitely a 50-foot Satan. You can't really mix that up with, like, you know. It's, it's right on his resume. Um. You know, he has a little water buffalo thing happening. But yeah, but basically it's the same. <laughs> but um, the archer that you see there, that is Kirk. Um, Kirk is actually a rather good uh, archer, as a matter of fact. He, he's he a, practices he's a, all he's the time. Eye. Yeah. He has the eye of a hawk, some might say. Some might say. Um, yeah, and that's me in the middle. And Mark... Uh, has glowing hands for uh, reasons that, that just basically lend to the fact that he's been sort of touched by the celestials. So, and so what do you got, what do you bring into this that. table? You got you got like a triangle in your hand. What's going on with that? Is, is it, it a hurdy gurdy? What is that? A pizza slice? A, a tricorn hat? What what are you holding there? Is it a flag? What am I holding? Yeah. Oh, I think that's my jacket. I don't think I'm holding anything. It looks like I see I see like a little triangle in your hand or something. No, no, I see I see it. Um, yeah, that's not. Oh, that's a flap of. I see it. I see what you're saying. It's, it's a, a ja- jacket. Jacket. So you've, flap. you've brought nothing to this party. <laughs> well, would, once so you it, once you read the story, you'll realize I didn't need to. <laughs> oh, oh, well then. I am a gift on just principle alone. That's <laughs> basically it, baby. It's because like you brought Knights of the Round as your limit break, but we just can't see it here. But when you know when, when you need to whip that shit out, it's coming out, and everybody's dead. That's right. Very much, yes. And I'll probably introduce it just like Cleavon Little. Excuse me while I whip this out. There you go. <laughs> Whoa! The sheriff is near. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much the story about that's how these... super awesome. I love, yeah. I love that you guys put that much thought into... I mean, this is unique on multiple levels. Uh, and so now I'm wondering if the third one is going to be yet a totally other separate genre as well, because we had what to me looked like an 80s slasher. Mm-hmm. And then this is like, I don't know, epic fantasy, basically dark fantasy or something. <clears throat> what, what's what's the last one going to be? You know, we haven't really had a chance to discuss it yet because we did release the book in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and you know, between me running back and forth between writing and TV shows and, you know, Kirk actually does, does works in television as well. He's uh, more a camera operator, utility type person. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mark works in the, as a business manager at a school. So <clears throat> each of us have day jobs. Uh, Mark also has uh, the extra complication of being married with a child. Um, so, you know, it, that, does, know. that does add, God. does not subtract. We, 
Sure, let's go with that. So, um, no, I'm kidding. Um, but I'm so not. I mean, to the load, had... the load of the load. Yeah, it subtracts from your time. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. So we haven't really had a chance to really like hash out. Um, I mean, we we have already started working on part three. At least I did. Oh, nice. Um, as for covers, there's been conversation about maybe redoing once we once we get the third one together, then doing something that's you know doing something a little more uniform. Um, but you know, for the for the time being, we're we're kind of just cruising with what we have. Yeah. Uh, as far as the covers go, who's the artist of uh, a Brooklyn Tea? Oh, so there's a gentleman, I can't pronounce his last name, but Mark actually found him through James Chambers, uh, Philippe something. And, and, and that, was a little, that was a little daunting because Philippe is in Spain or somewhere. And, uh, you know, I was CC'd on all the emails and Mark was just kind of going back and forth with the requests and, 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 and on and on. But it's always scary when your artist isn't even on the same landmass as you are. Right. Um, because, you know, you're like, ah, well, you know, I'd really like to have this next week. And they're like, sure. And you're like, all this is going to take is for him to get one more client with a whole bunch of money. And I'm never going to see my my artwork. And I think a lot of writers experience that. You know, an unfortunate thing is um, a lot of artists, you know, it's like it's hard to find a good artist. Um or at least, uh, well, not it's not hard to find a good one. It's hard maybe to one find that like fits the style you're looking for, or like yeah, style, hits the vibe. Style and deadlines. Those yeah, are the two things right. I think really, really, uh, you know, can make or break your relationship. Right, and it's it's uh, about finding something that you know is is the right fit for your budget too. I mean, you know, some some artists oh, yeah. are, are really well established, and you know, not everybody can spend a thousand bucks on a cover. I mean, that's just you know not going to happen. Uh, that's why I think a lot of um, a lot of indie artists, uh, indie authors that I know, I should say, have really gotten into these uh, these pre-made covers. That's that's like a popular thing. Uh, mm -hmm. And then there's, you know, also established cover artists that do uh, they, they got a bunch of pre-mades going, but they'll make you one custom made, too. And they, you know, depending on if you, you know, find a good one who's reasonable, you know, there are tiers or whatever. But if you're finding some random person on the Internet it's not in the circle of friends or, you know, circle of people, you know, oh, I know this guy used this person. That person's like a couple towns over and local and, you know, because those exist, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've, uh, you know, uh, both of us, we were in a band uh, for years and both of our albums. Uh, we had this guy. We, I found him uh, in Munich mm. and we've gone back to him three times. Uh, he did two two uh two album covers and then i actually went back to him for uh a suite of images for my my book i just put out this year mark of the witch worm and he right. did uh two covers and he also did uh, a piece of interior art mm -hmm. so like we I, I love this guy you know i mean this but but yeah at first it's like holy shit like this is this is like this guy's in munich but he worked he worked very well and you know it's about building those relationships and um he I, I love that guy you know that's uh renee eigner love that guy um and he's done stuff for game of thrones and stuff and and he still works with the little guys and you know he's he's happy so it's about finding those people i've also worked like actually last year i was uh doing uh some comic book pages with this guy in mexico mm -hmm. awesome dude 
mm-hmm. like, you know, Alex Sarabia is his name. And he's just an incredibly talented dude. He's really trying so hard to break into comics. And he did some stuff for uh, an upcoming issue of Gore Shriek Resurrectus for uh, Rough House Publishing. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, awesome dude. You know, I, and I love, it's like, my God, I can't believe I get to work side by side with this guy in Munich and this other guy in Mexico. And then, you know, there's so many, how many amazing Brazilian artists are there? I mean, it's insane. Like anytime you see somebody that's like the best possible anime artist you've ever seen, I Mm -hmm. swear to God, they're always from Brazil. (laughs) Yeah. It's the weirdest thing, but they, it's amazing. There are so Mm -hmm. many from Brazil. Yeah. Um, Awesome. And, and that is honestly the wonder of the internet. I, I, you know, for all Absolutely. the evils that, you know, society has suffered at the hands of things like social media and all the bad stuff there, there, there is good. And I love, oh, I love yeah. celebrating the good. And, and, and it really is just so friggin' awesome that, you know, we get to, we get to connect and, you know, we get to connect with you too. I mean, you are not that far. We're in Massachusetts. You're in New York. Uh, I mean, we're grown up. We're supposed to hate each other because of baseball or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, we, I always yeah. avoid talking um, baseball with uh, <laughs> yeah, but, right. certain people from certain cities. It's, it's, like, it's wait, okay. Uh, we, we, we don't give a shit, so it's fine. Uh, go Yankees. I don't, I don't care. Nice. I, mean, uh, I, got a, I, I got a friend who lives in Brooklyn. He, li- he used to live on Flatbush Avenue, um, but I think he moved. I forget where he went. But I've mm-hmm. been I've been to the Brooklyn <clears throat> neck of the woods a few times, and I, mean, I love it down there. There's a lot of a lot of great eats, that's for sure. Yes, a lot of restaurants now. Some some great uh, Jamaican jerk chicken on Flatbush that I've had. That is like incredible. Okay, all right. <laughs> Check it out. Yeah, I, I give you give you a wreck. Give you a wreck. Well, Coffee this... and shirt and chicken. That those are your two food wrecks from this. <laughs> well, this I love game... it. This dude Philip, uh, Philip, not sure what his last name is, but he did a, a really great job in this. Uh, he really I did. Love this. I love this a lot. Like that. That's good enough to have. You know, you, sh- you guys should sell prints of this. I mean, it's that good. Just the cover. Thinking that's, about it, that's what you want. Uh, I mean, that really is what you want. You know, because co- I'm an artist too, but I don't. I don't. Uh, I never wanted to do my own covers. I did my first couple, but it's like I really want to let the professionals do their job. Like. Yes. <laughs> like you can do so much, but I, I want to find someone else, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that that is just a, a damn good cover. But honestly, everything you've told us about these two books are like so freaking interesting. And I love I love the callbacks. I guess really, you know, I, I mentioned the movies, but really, it's, it's like the horror comics of the 50s, the, the, the old tales from the crypt and tales from the vault and oh, yeah, uh, all that stuff. That's that's really what it is. You, know, you always check in with whoever the host is, the horror host, yep. the crypt keeper, the vault keeper. The old witch, whatever it is, like you know, they, you always go back. Every every story is introduced by them, and they're the cartilage, and uh, you know they're on the cover and, and stuff. So you guys are you guys are like that. You, you, I don't know if you're the the vault keeper or so one of you is the old witch. I don't know which one, but I'll let you figure that out. Okay. One of you is. I'm gonna, the, are you the? I'm beef? gonna lean at that being Mark. Yeah. <laughs> which one's the, the beef of the beef wine and shenanigans? I was just wondering. Well, you know, um, and this this is debated constantly um i guess you could say to, to some degree like because because mark will be the one that'll always ask the question that'll set kirk off so i think they kind of interchange as far as beef and shenanigans go <laughs> i'm usually like- the one drinking wine so i guess i'm wine 
Well, if, I don't know. If, I, you know I guess I don't know, Steve. Though you made you made the beef though the first time you brought the it's beef. True, that's true. Know. That's true. I, and if Kirk true. is always getting set off, uh, maybe he's the wine. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See. Yeah. See. Uh, yeah. I hadn't really thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah, man. You can totally be the beef. <laughs> That's uh, that's what we do here at Retro Octopus. We try to change your mind about the things you don't think about, and we try to answer the age-old question of "Where's the beef?" That's right. Where's the beef? Yeah. Who's the beef? <laughs> Who's the beef? Whose beef uh, is it anyway? <laughs> well, so I mean, it's ours. We get to consume the beef wine and shenanigans collectively every beef. week, collectively. <laughs> Coming to the, the royal beef. Yes. Um, actually, uh, the first episode of yours that I listened to, uh, was actually the coming to America episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I was, I thought it was very interesting cause you guys were, you guys were disappointed. Uh, I think collectively, nobody really had a good time with that movie. We actually did, uh, around that same time, we did an Eddie, Eddie Murphy episode with some of our friends mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, uh, you know, uh, actually we had the old man Wade show. Come on. Uh, a couple of awesome dudes, did. Mark and Javi. Mm-hmm. And uh, very, very good friends with them. And um, they had just never been on the show before. But, you know, we're like, all right, let's talk Eddie Murphy. So we talked all Eddie Murphy movies and we, we, you know, we got around to coming to America. And uh, they they actually both really liked it. Um, Mm -hmm. We liked it. I mean, they're they're a couple of black guys. You know, we're not. But but, I mean, I, I it was very interesting to to hear your reasons, you know, for why you know this this didn't feel didn't, didn't right. quite you know do didn't right feel yet. worthwhile didn't <clears throat> feel you know so I, I thought that was a really good episode uh, not to not to you. you know reopen the case of coming to america but oh yeah no, no. just saying i mean i think i was probably the softest on it um, i think so if i remember yeah. correctly yeah and the other two had bigger you know bigger issues and and a lot of it of course like i, I don't know if things being the way they are it's like now like instead of just being able to watch a movie now we are we are constantly looking at social implications of things yeah but i think that's definitely part of what of what we were kind of juggling or or dealing with or just kind of handing each other uh in terms of the opinions um that particular night um and i mean i guess that's unfortunate in its own way but um, you know, that's, that's why you sit down and hash this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just kind of see well, things from a different perspective. For sure. And I, and that's, that's absolutely what, you know, I found, found so fascinating about it because from my perspective, you know, I, I just, this is just a, you know, coming to America was a movie that came out in the eighties. I, I like it. Like it's, it's funny, but it's not, it's not a big deal in my pantheon of favorite movies. It's not like one of my, even one of my favorite Eddie Murphy movies per se, Right. Uh, I love the Golden Child. Like, oh, I watch the Golden Child right now. Like, that's my fave. But Golden Child is a lot of fun. I mean, I, 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 I want the knife. That's all I'm saying. Like, I want. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Funniest thing ever. Uh. So, but like, um. So, so to hear how important that movie was, and to mm-hmm. understand why it was so important, because of all the reasons, this is you know we're seeing a black man in America that didn't come from poverty. He actually is better than everybody. And he's a good person. And, you know, and, you know, he's secretly richer than everybody could buy everything, whatever. But he's he's, you know, 
experiencing Humble. experiencing the different experience of black men in America and going through mm-hmm. this whole thing, showing all these neighborhood things, showing the barbershop, doing all this stuff. So like learning how important it was for representation mm-hmm. um, at a time where there was nothing like that. And I understand where something like that could be a lot more precious to people than I realized. And yes. so it's one thing to say for me, I'm like, Oh, you know, just like with Bill and Ted three, it's like, Oh, was it like amazing? No, but like, I like it. It's fun. I, yeah. I appreciate that it exists. it exists. Yeah. Um, it's harmless fun. So that's kind of mm-hmm. how I felt about coming to America. The second one, it's like, Oh, it, this is fun. Like whatever. But I get that if it's super important because it meant something, you know, at the right time to so many people and it like, it's in their heart is this big deal thing. Uh, you know, to come out with this fluff, no big deal sequel is just is not cutting it so i i think that was it's you know it's it's always interesting you know i love i love hearing you know meeting people talking to people getting their experiences it's all about learning and growing and you know i i fucking love people so like i i, I love i love wearing and wearing their shoes yeah, you know i loved i just love yeah. meeting people and talking to people like you know i mm-hmm. it's it's my favorite part of going to cons selling books is cool honestly i like just being there and just experiencing like-minded people and just having fun and just i love i love the people i know it's popular to say people suck and and we all suck and i just want to stay inside and not get out of bed and and be a sloth and drink coffee all day and i know that's super popular it's on every shirt but i don't know man i feel attacked i (laughs) think i think people can be people can be fun and you know there's just a lot of shit ones out there that's the only right well, what's that line from Dracula when he asked well, why'd he come? It's like, I'm here to experience the world in a rush of humanity. You know, it's like, well, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I don't know. Uh, but uh, anyway, derailed uh, as always. But um, so uh, we covered some ground. Pretty cool. Um, I wanted to ask you about, so your day job, you mentioned it, you, you know, Said you uh, have worked in TV for a couple decades, so you worked actually for MTV. Yes, and I, I was, think this is uh, really really cool. I think that's a, a amazingly cool job, uh, proving on another level how 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 much cooler than us you are. <laughs> um, so that's 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 fine, I guess. But uh, yeah, you worked for MTV, and the funny the funny story that I want to just bring up, and I want to have you like go into a little bit if you don't mind, is uh, we were actually supposed to record this episode one week ago. Yes. The last second, you're like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I, I can't make it tonight. I have to. What did you have to go do? Well, so they're bringing MTV Unplugged back. It's very cool. And, uh, well, the musical talent uh, for the particular episode that I had to do last Thursday, had to stage manage last Thursday, rather, uh, was actually uh, Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga. Who are they? Well, I've, let's never, see. I've never heard of them. So you were supposed to hang out with a couple of dorks in Massachusetts. On a, I know. I, I think you really missed out on a, on a show I, I about right. octopuses or right. something. <laughs> and in fact, a, you you were actually. So I had to postpone. Um, for we'll let the it. Sake we'll of, we'll uh, let it slide. Well, we're, we're, we're thank you, thank you. I appreciate you. You know, understanding. 
Yeah, you know, everyone deserves a second chance. You know, what's fair. That's very, that's very big of you guys. So, how is how is that? No way, that's awesome. How was the night? How was uh? How How was the night? Um, well, so Mr. Bennett is ninety-five. He has Alzheimer's. Um, but he was able to put up an amazing performance. Wow. Um, you know, he's not. You know, who's their old self at 95? You know, right. like, you know, we're at 95, you reach. Look as good, you will not. You know, that's, that's kind <laughs> that of That was how. pretty good. That was Thank good. you. Um, you know, but he did his thing. And Lady Gaga, she was, she actually, it was almost like when you, when you remember all the other stuff she's done, meat suits and American Horror Story and everything else like that. You know, it's like. Just when you think you have this person figured out, you know, they, they do a complete pivot. And that's what she did. She basically turned into someone who would be performing with him back in the 50s or, or wow. you know, something like that. And, and she had the dress and she had the, the, the moves. And, um, and it was funny because the, the drummer, this guy, Harold Jones, uh, you know, like he looked familiar to me. You know, but another older gentleman. But it wasn't until she said his name and then mentioned something about Count Basie that like a bunch of red like sirens just like went off in my head. Oh, my God. That's the dude that used to be with Count Basie. And it was like it was just nuts. Wow. Uh, it, it was lit beautifully. It was shot beautifully. Um, I think when folks see it at home, they're really going to be amazed and happy and, you know, and, and just see, you know, the you'll get to see a legend uh, get his flowers, you know, while he's still with us. Nice. If that makes that's any awesome. sense. Yeah. So, that's so cool. Yeah. So what, when would we be able to, uh, to check that out? You know, and the funny thing is I have absolutely no idea when it's airing, but <laughs> I do know uh, that they are feverishly uh, editing. Uh, they, well, they went and started the edit like pretty much that night. So it should be up pretty soon. Cool. Awesome. Very cool. I mean, that, I th- I think you made the right decision. I gotta say. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I guess all, you convinced me. You gotta. Well, you gotta take into account they they're also paying me. They're, oh, they're, there was that. Sure. Oh crap! You didn't I mean, get we're, our box we're showering of, uh, you with. You, you didn't get our uh, edible intros. arrangement. Shit. No, actually, I didn't. I'm yeah, but who, upset about yeah. that. Yeah, but which who, means that the neighbor's kid probably ate it. Damn neighbor's kid. Always did, eating edible. What I want to know is, uh, did did Tony Bennett give you the best intro of all time? No, oh. absolutely not. Oh, hmm. Oh, interesting. Not. He just kind of came up on stage and started singing. That that was pretty much what he. Did. He's like, I know. He's like, you know, why I'm here. I know why I'm here. That yeah. is that is absolutely uh, amazing, though. Like, That's incredible, guys. At that age, he he has Alzheimer's 95. and he remembers his lyrics. Yeah, it's in the long term. I mean, Vince Neil doesn't remember his lyrics. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't remember he's on stage. (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. (laughs) We love you, Seattle. Good night. We're in Detroit. Yeah, like one of those. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, shit. Seattle was two years ago. Exactly. I'll always remember Seattle. Why do you you always go back to Seattle, Vince? Jesus. 
That is pretty awesome. So uh, your career at MTV, you, has it has it been sprawling? Have you done? Have you worn many hats, or is um, it pretty much stage? Well, manager? pretty much stage man. I mean, I, I occasionally I uh, have AD'd a couple of things, and I've directed some independent projects. Um, there's uh, <laughs> it's actually something I shot uh, many many moons ago uh, with. Uh, my fellow MTV employees, we took a couple of weekends and we uh, shot three episodes of something called The Reluctant Hitman. And it's basically about a guy whose uh, idiot brother gets uh, into debt with a mobster. And so he has to go back to killing people for said mobster to work his brother's debt off. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's all on my website, too, along with. A bunch of other stuff a, a, along with the black history stuff i've written for the youtube channel extra credit um which was kind of an interesting sort of well it was kind of interesting how it all kind of came to be because i was originally uh brought into extra credit to help with their mythology wing um and then someone murdered george floyd and then the guys at extra credit realized you know what we haven't really done a lot of black history so right let's talk about this and then this they uh they dropped it and you know they they dropped the ball on me and then um i picked it up and then, uh they asked for a list of uh different subjects so we've done the tulsa riot we've done the harlem hellfighters from world war one we've uh, did Harlem Renaissance? Did uh, well, actually, I think the uh, next thing that's coming up might be might be Maya Angelou or Marcus Garvey. Um, so yeah, I, I'm just kind of spreading out. Very cool. Into uh, yeah. you know, different sections of uh, the past there, just to you know, just to sort of give a, a, a more of a light on things outside of Dr. King, Rosa Parks. In, right, you know, right, Because right. you know, so many like schools and whatever, it's like they just don't cover this stuff. Well, exactly. Yeah, yeah they I just mean, focus on like, like you said, those like three or four like tentpole figurehead icons, yeah. and, and 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 then you're just left thinking like, well, that's that's all of them. It's like no, it's not even close. <laughs> right. But no. but like, who who teaches you about it? You know. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, in the case of the Tulsa massacre, uh, the Watchmen show. Yeah, how about that? I mean, I mean that's that's a big thing, and I I fully admit I had never heard of it. I didn't know about yeah. it. Um, you know, this is, but then it started to come out, and and it's like, okay, a lot of people didn't. Uh, why? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that that's that's terrible. That's, that's fucking terrible. We should all know what this is and be like, oh yeah, Jesus, yeah. And instead, we're right. half of us watching it are like, um, oh, this is this is fictional. It's like, right. um, this is a crazy fiction. They oh wait, what? no, no, it is not fucking fiction. Yeah, uh, but you know we, you know, we're, we're we were educated differently. We didn't know. I I don't know. I it's well, tragic. I mean, it's, it's look. It, here's the is. thing. Uh, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. If we really sat down and taught children how we actually got here and we're completely honest about it, every year you would have more and more anarchists graduating from high school that's just that's just it period um quick story i was in south dakota once it's yeah. actually i was there because i wanted to incorporate some things uh about <clears throat> specifically um 
the Wounded Knee Massacre of 1890. I wanted to incorporate some details of that into uh, the second uh, of the second installment of my vampire series. And I, you know, I, I wanted to be authentic. So I decided, you know what, let me go to South Dakota. But then I was also like, okay, I'm also a brother and I'm about to go wandering around in a red state. Maybe I ought to hire somebody to kind of like, you know, kind of be my shepherd, so to speak. Okay. So I found this really nice um, housewife who does tours. And I contact her and I kind of explain. And the funny thing is I was reluctant to tell her that, you know, my I was writing about like um, angry black vampires and stuff. But I <laughs> did mention that I was doing a historical piece and, um, you know, I, I wanted to check out Wounded Knee and, and a few other points of interest and she was a little you know a little thrown because she's used to people wanting to just see mount rushmore or go whitewater rafting and whatever right, right. hit the normal right. checkpoints for uh, exactly yeah. exactly exactly so i threw her i threw her for a loop but she was game she meets she meets me at the hotel we get in her car uh and we're talking you know we're chatting a little bit and she had looked me up so you know, my whole not telling her about the vampire novel actually didn't work because she'd already found the first one. I was like, oh, okay, great. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> so much so much for, for keeping like, the secret there. She's James like, Bond. I'm not going to be in your book, am I? Right, exactly. <laughs> so we're back and forth and just talking about, among other things, like, you know, the barbaric abortion laws they're trying to pass out there and all kinds of shit like that. And, and she said something... Um, that, that really kind of bothered me because it was like, yeah, and it was like, I, I'm all for women having, you know, agency and choice of what to do with their own bodies. But if I go out and say something, people will start boycotting my husband's Meineke shop. So I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so yeah. there's that. Yeah. So we drive, and she was really good at finding museums and, 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 and points of interest for me to, you know, sort of glean information from. We stop at um, a local university, a Glala State University, as a matter of fact, and it's on Lakota Sioux land. And it's a nice little, like, kind of looks like your average community college, except that it's like out in a prairie, uh, you know, and, and it's like, it's very picturesque and the whole thing. Um, and they had a museum exhibit, one of those exhibits where, you know, you have, you wear the headphones and you walk from, yep section yep. to section and you hear the narration of what they're you know explaining and basically what it was what the exhibit was was the breakdown of what the u.s government really did to native americans in general but the sioux in particular and just the whole moving of reservations small smallpox blankets the the the, the one point where they actually separated them and then you know put them on land that you can't plant anything in and just the on and on and on thing that finally leads to the Wounded Knee Massacre, which, you know, if you don't know, was was, was basically supposed to be a celebration or, or what, what, you know, what modern people would probably call a block party. It was harmless. It was completely nothing. But the, the neighbors got it in their head that this was an Indian uprising. So oh, the army God. comes in and they killed scores of people and 
buried. They're the, like the leaders. I want to say Red Cloud, uh, a few others, just and just buried them in this mass grave. And there was and at the end of this whole exhibit, there's black and white footage of this happening. Oh Jesus! So I knew most of this already because I'd been reading and researching and everything else like that. Right. So um, I was at least more emotionally prepared. Come to find out, my tour guide knew nothing. Oh, Oh my God. Born and raised in South Dakota, knew nothing of this. And actually, when the lights came up, she jumped out of her chair because they sat us down to show us the black and white footage. She jumps out of the chair, says, I need a minute. And she was crying. Yeah. She was devastated. And after a while, I'm getting scared because I'm like, that's my ride. So, yeah. and I go out in the parking lot and she's bawling. She's a mess. And, 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 and here's the thing. I've just met this person two hours ago. Right. So now right. I'm, I, I'm like, do I hug you? Like, what's going, you know, and I, I yeah, try do to I get, console you? How do I console what universe you? is this? What, right. what timeline is this? And, and so we get to talking and, and we're just like, and she's like, I have Native American friends. They never told me school never. And, and she just like kind of just went into this whole thing. And, you know, yeah. we got on with the rest of the tour. We actually had some fun moments. Uh, we went to Deadwood because I'm a fan of Westerns, too. So I was like, yeah, let's go to Deadwood. Hell you know, yeah. Let's, let's Hell check yeah. out. You know, I want to see where Wild Bill got killed. And I visited. Oh, that's Wild that's Bill's the grave. third. That's the third cover. Yes. <laughs> you guys are on it. Yeah. 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 Western. Horses. Yeah. Tombstone. Yeah. It's hella, hella tombstone. There you go. Uh, you know what? That's a good idea. Uh, I'll have to <laughs> Is there a tombstone bar somewhere in Brooklyn? <laughs> no. But I'll find something. No. I'll make one. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Um, but... So fast forward uh, real quick. So I get to talking to her like sometime last year, actually. We, we, we stayed in touch thanks to social That's media cool. and whatever. And um, she's kind of rearranged. Well, first of all, she ended up divorcing the Meineke shop guy because he's, you know, uh, I, I guess he's kind of on the right wing side. Yeah. Found a new guy. Yeah. Um, and her tours... For her touring company, which has expanded, she now has a native a, a native Sioux lady who, for some of the tours, provides historical perspective and helps with that whole, uh, you know, the, p- figuring out yeah. where to visit to explain different things like wet, like like wounded knee, and you know who Red Cloud was, and 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 even you know. Uh, crazy horse and, and and all that stuff. Um, so I I, I, I am kind of proud that yeah, yeah like your interest in that subject matter has now not only branched out her knowledge but also to further every tourist knowledge uh, going forward. Like that's huge. That's amazing. I think that's yeah. another feather in your cap. You can say Steve Van Patten uh, educating the residents of South Dakota. About their own dark history. <laughs> their own right, goddamn I past. know. Oh my god. Jesus. But the, you know that that really is a it's a, an amazingly tragic and interesting thing uh, that you know you know how much 
is it you know it, it's sort of the nature versus nurture scenario it's this society versus you know you're, you're, you're who's at fault really in, yes. th- in this particular case the woman didn't know any of that and it's not mm-hmm. that she was so the bigger problem uh obviously is if you get the information and you reject it outright because you don't like it that's right. that is what we're dealing with at large yeah. in this country right now which is the biggest problem exactly and, uh, you know we we try we try you know we don't talk politics on the show and i, I want to kind of get out of this but like yeah that that is that is awesome that she reacted that way and yeah. uh shit yeah you did that that's that's fucking awesome um yeah thanks yeah, no, I mean that that's a that's a really fucking cool thing. And I think it's just like a cool message to kind of bring forward like, you know, people who are interested in these kind of things and want to know more about it like yeah. uh you may inadvertently educate people uh w- without even meaning to. You know, it's just like right. the interest that you show in something can can cause, you know, someone else that you know or have, you know, been a part of your life to also care about something and i think that's why it's you know why activists yeah. do what they do and mm-hmm. you know it just shows that it you know it can have very tangible effects on people. yeah it, it it goes it goes back to like what i was saying about you know just making connections with people you know you may not otherwise have to deal with or whatever but you know if if you're able to connect with somebody you had you never would you know you just come across one person at some person at the deli and you're both in line and uh you know it, you, then you're waiting in line a, a second day and then you're like hey how's it going and like and you know who knows what you're going to share with that random person and as long as people are open open minded and you know willing to you know accept other people's experiences as valid even if they're different than your own experiences you know, I think I think we'd be in a, a lot better shape. Um, I agree. But that is very cool. I've never done a, a any sort of a trip for um, for my stuff. My 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 first novel is uh, the Bone Eater King, and it takes place in Africa. Bo- both my first two books take place in Africa, and I really wanted it to feel authentic. And I'm like, you know, my, my first my first thought is, you know, my first ten thoughts are all like, you know, uh, who who the hell am I to write this? You know, I'm some you know, like white guy from Massachusetts, like what the, what the fuck am I doing? Like writing this, do I have any right to write this? You know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't know the answer to that, but I still want to do it. So because I still want to do it, I want to make it as authentic as humanly possible. Right. So right. I don't have the money to go take a trip to go hang out with the Maasai like I wanted to because I found the camp and it's fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. Literally go like camp with the Maasai and they move around. So it's not even in one place. It's like freaking awesome. But anyway, um, yeah, so it's like, you know, internet. Okay, internet's your friend. There's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of travel pictures people have taken, you know, uploaded to Google Maps. There's a lot of, a lot of Google mapping oh, of I course. did. Oh, my God. Google Maps was, like, just key. Because I right. wanted, some, my, you know, my, my, you know, deepest desire with this was that somebody from this area would be like, holy shit, this guy... This guy wrote about that thing down mm-hmm. there. Like, there's this building. Mm-hmm. Like, I worked there. Or I've I've been to this or, or whatever. Because I love that so much. When somebody do- writes about a place that's around here, like you know, we get Salem, we get Boston. You know, a lot of places around here, you know, creep up into into mm-hmm. literature, pop culture, and, and literature. It's just great. Yeah. And obviously, New York. You know, what's what's more represented than New York or L.A.? I mean, there. You know, it's in everything. Absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, isn't that so fun when when they get it right and uh, you're like, oh my god, that's great. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I really tried to do that, but yeah, I, I if I could have gone, you know, to well, the money yeah. factor is 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 hellish to, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I went to Senegal while I was working for MTV. Wow. You know, back before uh, I was in the union and and whatever. So you know, I, I wasn't exactly raking in a dough, but um, you know, I went um, yep. and. I can honestly say Brookwater's Curse 1 would not be the same without it. But the funny thing is, is that when I got to the point where I realized that a trip to Africa was necessary, it was very haphazard. I had just gotten to the point where, you know, this werewolf has kidnapped this kid and he's telling everybody, oh, well, if you want the kid back, you're going to have to follow me back to Africa. And it was like one of those writer nights where it's like it's four or five o'clock in the morning. You still have to get up at some point and, and go to the day job. So down, and I was I, I, you know I was exhausted, but I still felt good about myself because I had just come up with this whole new you know ah, we're going to yeah. Africa. And then the voice went off in my head, "Hey dummy, you've never been to Africa. How the hell are you going to do X, Y, and Z?" And then, of course, I started telling friends about it. And they're like, dude, make that shit Jamaica, man. What's the matter with you? And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to be in Jamaica. That's cheating. And I, you know, and I'm, I'm going on about artistic integrity and all this other dumb shit. So what I ended up doing, which was actually kind of kind of backfired on me, um, to, to make it cost effective, I actually tagged. I decided to just kind of sort of tag along with a drumming and dancing instructor and a bunch of students, um, you know, and I, you know, I, and, and I would stay, the plan was I was going to stay in the master drummer's house and I was uh, just going to take some classes while I was there. But it was funny because when I got there, you know, the, the lead guy, Malik Sal, he's like, so Steve, are you a drummer or are you a dancer? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's funny you should say that. Um, <laughs> you know, so, but basically yes. I, <clears throat> right. Uh, so basically I learned um, how to play the Doom Dunes uh, just to kind of keep the base, the basic baseline of what they were doing. Um, so I would do that while I was in the class and there were, there was a whole bunch of other, crazy misadventures like one woman who kind of was you know she was one of the women on tour and she would kind of put herself out to be this like big shot know-it-all because she had been to Senegal before and etc cetera, etc cetera. and then um you know she insisted that we stop at this one place and and she was gonna get a get herself an egg sandwich and some of the other people on the tour they asked me it's like well you think this is a good idea and it's like um uh, <laughs> Well, the Center of Disease Control website, that, that was like, I was that guy. Like anytime somebody asked me something, I was like, well, the Center of Disease Control website says, like, that's literally how I was like, you know, <laughs> conducting myself through this whole thing. Well, that and making fun of people. But um, so when she woke up the next morning, pretty much the color of Kermit the Frog. Um, oh, no. And, and, and these African dudes were like, oh, yo, this... Like they were in a panic because they were like, yo, is this white lady getting ready to die on us? Like, what is going on? <laughs> like they were scared. Everybody was worried, but make a long story short. So she kind of lost her mantle of leadership. So um, now every time the group wanted to make a decision, oh, because here's the other thing. So 
the master drummer and our guides and his wife and everybody like that, they were constantly trying to trick people out of money and their belongings. That was the whole two weeks like, oh, man. <laughs> of, of them just like, oh, well, you know, we, we want to give you guys these uh, these authentic African garb, but, you know, you got to have to give us some more money. It's like, what? You know, and 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 I had a I had like a a jar of hair pomade. And I remember the, the the master drummer's wife noticed it and she was like, hey, can I borrow that? And I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Then like maybe six hours later, I'm walking around and everybody's hair looks really good all of a sudden. And I'm like, wait, what the hell? Wow, that's, oh, that looks nice. Oh, that's okay. Is that, is that soul glow? Exactly. And, and I'm like, wow, okay. And then the next morning, I'm literally like, hey, um, can I get my hair grease back? <laughs> and she's like, oh, about that. I spent it all. <laughs> Like she, she gives me the jar, and there's maybe like a finger snap left, a hair pomade left, and I was like, cool. you know what? This is some bullshit. What the <laughs> fuck? I gotta go whole week. No, but you know, it's I'm in Africa, I'm in Senegal. Like, who cares? Yeah, but right. you know, still, it's like not like I'm going out on a date or anything. But it was just like, nah. So it's like, well, see, see, what happened was I borrowed it from you, and then uh, I let somebody else borrow it, and then yeah. it just kind of yeah. kept going. Yeah. So I, so I found it like this. It just whole came back to me like right. The whole neighborhood had, was laced. Past the pomade. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that was. Um, so now every time there was like a decision, I was like, oh, what should we do? What should we do? It was like I would always be the final word. And I actually wrote a sort of a Lovecraftian thing um, based on that part of the trip. Um, and it basically, the only difference is that when we went to visit Pink Lake, in my horror story, there's a monster in the lake. Ah. And it's very uh, and it's very Lovecraftian and neat and like that. Awesome. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. Yeah. So, you, so you're near... Uh, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the map um, as we speak because I'm interested. I don't know anything about Senegal. I did a lot of research, uh, you know, central... Mm -hmm. Central Eastern Africa, uh, you know, basically Tanzania, Kenya, Uganda, Rwanda, right? Uh, just just kind of all around there because because I knew that you know everything was going to have to be within uh, basically the distance of if the world ended, like you know you're on foot. How far mm -hmm. did you get? Uh, not too too far away from from the central area, but. Uh, so, so there's what? What was the what was the lake? Uh, Pink Lake, and that's that's in Senegal. Yes. And basically, what it is is it's like a mineral deposit, and um, okay. there are these that's guys in there that are just kind of working the mineral deposit, and you know, and then what they pull out of the lake basically becomes, I, I, I want to say, it just kind of becomes table salt, mostly in France. Um, but that's, you know, that's one of their imports. Wow. One of their, yeah, one mean, of their exports exports. Sorry. Yes. Cool. It's, it's crazy to see photos of this. I mean, like some of these like Photoshop, they're so pink. That's wild. Right. It didn't like to the naked eye. It didn't look that. And then, then of course there's, 
there's the argument as to like why it's pink. Some people say it's because of the minerals, and the other people's because the you know they claim that the guys are cutting their feet as they're in the lake um, chipping away. Um, I mean, I, I the mineral thing makes a little more sense, really, but it could mm-hmm. be either way. Um, so because I'm sure they are cutting their feet. You know, very right. interesting. So this is right near the ocean. Mm-hmm. This is amazingly close to the ocean for a lake. It's a it's a freshwater lake or is it saltwater? Uh, I believe it's salt. Yeah. yeah my guess I mean, is there's like some little channel that's just filling in. Right. Yeah. Because it's just too too damn close. It feels like impossible. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting. Well, we got we got we got some geography. We got some history. We got some uh, some laughing black vampires. Yeah. Uh, very 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 cool conversation thank you for coming on the show man it was thank you for having me fellas yeah thank uh, you so much yeah no this was super fun uh i'm glad we finally got to have you on you know uh and you know i i get you know hold no grudges lady gaga tony bennett whatever (laughs) man Uh, actually so before before you jet um Mm -hmm. we're we're big metal fans and and we you and i have talked about this uh, off mic as well in the past. Yes. So you you did work on that metal show. I did the last two seasons. The last nice. two se- Any uh, any fun shareables you you care to lay down on us from that? Like, does Ozzy Osbourne really require an, an entire brandy glass full of brown M and M's before go- he'll go on stage? I didn't. I did not really. Um, Ozzy wasn't on when I when I was when I was there. Um, we did have Zach Wild. That's cool. Cool. That's cool. Um, and Zach was supposed to do like a solo segment. And I remember he, he like, I, I'm, I'm trying to give him some kind of like a rap cue or whatever, but he went so far into a zone that he just didn't see me for like a while. And the audience was even like, okay, this is great, but don't that sounds go- like a Zach Wild solo. I'll be honest. I've seen him live a couple of times and that is just, that is the thing. That's yeah. what he does. You're like, Dude, there's a second half of the set, and yeah. he's just like, no. It's like it's like, like Alex yeah. Van Halen's drum solos. Like literally, they just don't ever end. Right. It's like it goes from like soloing, and then like the Star Spangled Bander finds its way in there, and then he'll <laughs> solo some more, and then you know he'll somehow play chopsticks in there, and you're like, dude, it's been thirty minutes. It yeah, it, it was it was something to that effect. It really was. He just kind of zoned out on me, and they were like, where? And even even in the control room, they were like. Does he remember Steve. we're here? <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah, exactly. They were like, right. what's going on? I'm like, it's like, oh, crap. Crap. I thought I was in my bedroom. My bad. Right. I am doing everything except jumping jacks, and he just doesn't see me. It's just like, you know. Um, you need like a rubber band gun. Just like, pew, like fire it at him. Hey, yeah. Uh, and I want to say um, there was a really good joke at his expense, too. Um, Don Jameson said something to the effect of, because they oh because they rolled a really old old school MTV clip of him like when he first joined um, Black Sabbath yeah and prebeard yes very prebeard and so they roll the clip they come back and this during the, this is before the whole uh, guitar solo fiasco of course so they roll they roll the clip come back to the studio and Don Jameson says it's funny you looked. You, you've gone from looking like a little girl to someone to now you look like someone who kidnaps little girls. And 
<laughs> the whole place was like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's... But he, oh. he, he took that a lot better than I, than I would have thought, to tell you the truth, because... You know, right, I mean, like, how, how do you take that? Like. Right. <laughs> right. How, how exactly do you take that? <laughs> see, I would, I would also... See, that's so funny that he was a good sport because now I wish somebody had said that to Peter Steele, and I would oh, wow. love to see what Peter Steele would have done. Oh, well. Because <laughs> he had a weird sense of humor, too. So it's like, yeah, is he, is he going to kill you? Or is he just going to like say something kind of funny? Like, quiet yeah. laugh. Like, I don't know. Because I, I don't know. It could literally go either way. The world yeah. may never know. But the world will definitely never know. Never know. Yeah. But metal guys in general were always kind of fun in their own wacky-ass way. Um, yeah. That's cool. Did you, ever, uh, did you ever work with Alice Cooper by any chance? I'm going to see him. Uh, I never worked with him, but oddly enough, when I was working for Fuse, and there was this one point during my time at fuse where the crew didn't really have anywhere to eat so what we would do is we would eat in the green rooms and hand to god i'm sitting there with my turkey club <laughs> alice cooper just walks in and yes. it's a bunch of, it's a bunch of us in the room he just walks in and sits down next to me yeah and i'm like it's happening i'm what? living vicariously through him Wait, Tim. what i'm e- i can taste the bacon i can taste the crispy lettuce <laughs> Oh. And we're all just kind of stuck on stupid for a second because he's like, oh, hey, guys, how you doing? And we're like, <laughs> like, that was like, that was bananas. And then we kind of made small talk with him a little bit. And it was just like, well, hey, nice to meet you there. Uh, you, well, this is the crew from Fuse. It's our lunch. You know, it's like, I wonder how many people. Like, uh, right. I wonder how many people like come up to him off the street and just mention Milwaukee after Wayne's World. Oh wow! They're like yeah, so, uh, Mil- Milwaukee. It's a it's a old Algonquin El- word uh, for the <laughs> woodland. He's like uh, he's like yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, I can tell you right now, none of us had the nerve to uh, to go there with it because we would literally just stuck on stupid. It's just like wait, <laughs> what? That's amazing. Um, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan. I'm I'm excited. I'm going to see him uh, this fall. Actually, I think I think we got a ticket. It's it's. I keep thinking it's in September. It's in August. This will be my second time okay. seeing him. And the dude, you know, <clears throat> I saw him for the first time just like maybe maybe like four years ago. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing. Like the, the show that guy puts on at, at his age, it's just absolutely insane. And yeah, my imagine. wife's a big fan, and so we went last time, and we're going again. I'm, I'm just, I'm just stoked. I'm in, a, I'm in yeah. a Cooper mood. Nice. Anyway, nice, nice. That's nice. A, thank you for the anecdote. Uh, the very, yeah, it's, it's, very it's cool. all good. But Steve Van Patten, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, so please drop some, drop some links for people. Let them know where to find you. Let them know what you got coming out. We'll put any links you want in the show notes as well, so people can go in and find your website. And you know, if you want, you know, anything you want to promote, here's where you do it. All right. Well, let's see. We'll we'll talk. Of course, Hell at Brooklyn T never really got the release that it should have gotten because, hey, you know, we released it in the middle of a pandemic. And oh, it yeah. was kind of like, in, you know, no horror conventions, no nothing. I you know, I hear you on that one, brother. So kind of kind of sucked. Yep. But, you know, um, actually going to be selling copies of that at the Villains Hideout 
uh, <clears throat> and it's a it, they have great pizza as well. Um, so Villains Hideout uh, on July 23rd. We'll be doing that. And me and the rest of the crew, uh, Kirk and Mark, they'll be there. Uh, and that's in picturesque, beautiful Brooklyn. Um, bunch of us uh, from the New York Horror Writers Association, we put together something under the guidance of Mr. James Chambers called Under the Twin Suns, Alternate Histories of the Yellow Sign. And it's all short stories based on um, the King in Yellow. King in Yellow. If you remember that yes. particular bit of I've, I've seen that. I've seen that around that you guys have been, uh, you guys have been posting about that. I actually uh, approached this dude about three years ago uh, mm-hmm. when he was collecting submissions for, I, I had an idea. I pitched the idea. He didn't like the idea. I, I can't believe it took this long for this to come out, but it looks awesome. The cover is amazing. The table oh, of the contents is insane. Yeah. Uh, actually, a very good friend of mine, Curtis Lawson, is also in that table of contents with you. Yes, yes, yes. Curtis is an awesome dude. Um, mm-hmm. Really cool guy. Really just great writer. Uh, I'm, I'm, I love it when there's like people I know that I don't know if they know each other or are in the same table of contents. Very cool. Right, right. Uh, I love it. So I'm psyched about that one too. Yeah. Yes. So there's that. So I, I definitely encourage people to go check yes. that out. Um, but in, in terms of finding me in general, of course, there's the website, www.laughingblackvampire.com. If anything I have said has intrigued anybody, please come pay me a visit. Uh, along with uh, ways to purchase books, there's also um, my video library, which you'll see the which you will find the Black History stuff, Reluctant Hitman videos, me reading that story naughty about the incubus that thinks it's Santa Claus, and you know, and, and whole nine, whole kid and caboodle is, is loaded up in there. So please visit, visit often. Um, if you want to find me on Facebook, you can just use my name, Stephen Van Patten. Um, I also have uh, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, those are both at uh, SVP Thinks. So if you want to catch up to me that's how you do it nice awesome awesome all right man well i'm glad uh, i'm glad we were able to do this and i had a an excellent time i know 8-bit alchemy had an excellent time it was great hearing from you great hearing about all the cool stuff you've gotten to to do thank you so much i appreciate it fellas thank you yeah so so guys you know if 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 you're into it you know check out the show notes just scroll down all the links are going to be there you can check out Stephen Van Patten, SVP, to your heart's content. Very awesome dude. Very prolific dude. And uh, with that, thank you for listening. Uh, that just about wraps up the episode. So, hey, if, uh, if I'm going to do the full outro today, 8-Bit. Do it. Do it. I'm going to do it. We haven't been doing it. I'm going to do it. So if you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things made growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter. As well as being full-fledged members of the Dork King, Retrodoctopus is still part of the Inebriart Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like the Old Colony Cast, Bar Talk, and of course, Inebriart as Andy and Fish chat with local artists over, over a couple of cold ones. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit inebri-art.com and go to thedorkening.com and do all that good stuff and check out all those cool shows because they're all cool. And some of them are cooler than us, but not really. But I have to say that they are. I have been your host. My name is Parasite Steve. And it is indeed a sad thing. Your adventures have ended here. Good night.